0: Good evening, this is Pamela, and you are listening to Watchmen on the Pod. Now we are in Chapter 2 of the book reading, Billy Graham and His Friends, and it was written by Dr. Kathy Burns. Chapter 2. More Liberal Friends Gerald Kennedy was an apostate leftist Methodist bishop who denied many fundamentals of the faith, such as the virgin birth. Kennedy wrote a book entitled God's Good News in which he eloquently denies the deity of Christ. He endorsed Nels Ferry's book which states Jesus never was nor became God. Ferry, a graduate of the Union Theological Seminary, which will be covered in the next chapter, wrote another book entitled The Christian Understanding of God. In this book, he said, We have no way of knowing, even, Jesus was sinless. Wow! In this book, he promotes the theory that Jesus may have been the son of a German soldier. Ferry denied particularly, practically every tenet of biblical Christianity, including the perfect inspiration of Scripture, the deity and virgin birth, substitutionary atonement of Jesus Christ, the bodily resurrection, and second coming. He says that Jesus was not sinless, and he thinks that he probably picked up some of his teachings from the mystics of the Orient and the Middle East during his wanderings in the silent years of his life. Ferry also stated, according to the very meaning of sovereign love, however, God both can and will have all to be saved. Among the numberless unthinking people, an immature and unworthy eschatology in spousing eternal hell is unfortunately still prevalent. is isn't in Christian ethics, that's it's very hard. You see, Ferry belonged to at least six communist front organizations, so it's no wonder that he denied the fundamentals of the Christian faith. Yet, Sadly, leaders in the National Council of Churches have called him one of the great theologians of the day. In 1966, Billy Graham donated about $65,000 toward a stadium at Vanderbilt University, an extremely liberal Methodist institution on whose faculty the blasphemous Nels Ferry was then serving. Gerald Kennedy further revealed in his public statements his denial of a literal hell and said that his religion was not a religion based on a book a Bible. In his book Christian and His America he brags quote, one of my favorite pulpits is a Unitarian church in Pennsylvania the name Unitarian developed because they don't believe in the Trinity in 1785 King's Chapel in Boston revised its prayer book, omitting all references to the Trinity. It thus became the first Unitarian church in America. In 1796, Philadelphians founded the first church to use the name Trinitarian in its title. Additionally, Unitarians do not accept the deity of Jesus Christ, virgin birth, blood atonement, nor the inspiration of the scriptures. Quote, They profess that Jesus Christ is little more than a wonderful teacher and assert that the Bible is only one of many sacred writings available from all the great religions. Actually, for such a liberal body, concepts such as heaven and hell are considered ridiculous, and the Christian doctrine that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins is scoffed at and summarily dismissed quote. One Unitarian Universalist minister, Leonard Mason, wrote the following poem. Come, return to your place in the pews, and hear our heretical views. We you were no let me start this all over again. Come, return to your place in the pews and hear our heretical views. You were not born in sin, so lift up your chin. You have only your dogmas to lose when asked if Unitarian Universalists believe in God, the answer given by the Unitarian Christopher Gist Rebel was, quote, In their churches are agnostics, humanists, even atheists, as well as nature worshippers, pantheists, and those who affirm a personal God. All recognize, however, that the word God is a stumbling block to religious communication for many people because it has so many meanings. All know also that there is no special virtue in being able to declare, I believe in God. He further admits, Many Christian churches refuse to accept them as Christian because they cannot pass the theological test of acknowledging Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Mother Goddess Unitarians also support abortion. Euthanasia and homosexuality. In fact, they admit that there are Unitarian Universalists, clergy, and laity who are homosexual or bisexual. Quote Unitarians have produced many sex education materials, including a film showing people in the act of heterosex, male homosexuals, and also lesbianism, having se- lesbians having sex. They have shown this filth to 5th grade children. In April of 1997, at Wellesley High School, an assembly that was required of all students featured the lesbian senior minister of Arlington Street. That sexuality happens along a long, long, broad continuum with the exclusive heterosexuality as one end and exclusive homosexuality at the other. There's a great movable feast in between. Choose for yourself. Quote. Worship of the Mother Goddess is also prevalent in such churches as Unity and Unitarian. How could the Unitarian Church be otherwise with its legacy of being intertwined with the Order of of Skull and Bones? Anthony Sutton, in his book on the American branch of the Illuminati, America's Secrets Establishment, reports that the Order of Skull and Bones has long-standing and significant links to the relatively small Unitarian Church. In fact, former President William Taft, whose father co-founded the order, was president of the Unitarian Association in his time. Benjamin Cream is another New Ager linked with Unity and Unitarian Church leaders. Quote, Unitarian Universalist Association, UUA, President William F. Schultz says, Compatibility with paganism fits very neatly with our tradition. For us, a religion grounded in nature is part and parcel of our heritage. We have gone too far on this side of rationalism. Unquote. Actually, Unitarians are moving closer to Wicca or witchcraft all the time. Which Starhawk confirms the cohesion between the Unitarian Church, the order of skull and bones, and witchcraft. I participated in witchcraft service organized by women of San Francisco's first Unitarian Church. I gave a series of four evening talks at the same church, culminating in a ritual. I was asked to lead a service at a Unitarian Church in Palos Verdes and to speak to a Unitarian discussion group in Long Beach. We do have friends out there." Starhawk was also featured at the Unitarian Universalist Association's conference in June 1989, which included a workshop for a midnight summer solstice ritual on the Yale University's campus where incantations were chanted to the earth goddess. 1,200 of the three thirty two hundred delegates from the assembly attended Starhawk's sessions. Two years ago, the Unitarian Universalist Association sent out as an ad announcing that the minister and his assistant will be offering Paganism 101 this spring. 1999. It will consist of nine or ten sessions. In the class, we will discuss Unitarian Universalist Paganism and the history of Paganism. We will also be doing ritual four elements. Unitarian Universalist UU congregation in Princeton has a group known as the Covenant really a covenant of Unitarian Universalist pagans, UUPS. They're dedicated to enabling pagan and UU network web networking and promoting interfaith dialogue. Four times a year they have the Sunday service at the UU Church. Pagan Alyssa Hoger explains quote, "During the Sunday service, we also do create sacred space pagan style. This means lighting candles, having a child sweep the circle, as well as doing things which the congregates are familiar with. She says. In addition, pagans call the quarters in their services the four directions of the compass, which correspond to the four basic elements: air, fire, earth, and water. They also invoke a male deity, and most importantly, a female goddess. Guard sacred space, unquote. She adds, drumming, singing, dancing, turning things, holding hands, and eating and drinking together all serve to draw the rest of one's being into the worshipful act. According to the December 1929 issue of the New Age magazine, the founder of the Universalist Church, Hosea Ballou, was a mason. I have a book in my library dealing with the occultic spirit religion called Sentira, where animal sacrifices are offered to the gods. The copyright page mentioned that this book from Beacon Press was published under the auspices of Unitarian Universalist Association of Congregation of course the unitarians do not only embody the pagan tradition a survey was conducted by free inquiry a secular humanist magazine quote editors found views from naturalist humanist and pagan to be spiritualist pantheist New Age, Mystic, and Buddhist. They conclude that although humanism is a strong strand of UUA, there are many other strands, and humanism seems to be diminishing in influence as a spiritualistic concern begins to be felt more strongly. Quote. When asked to categorize their minister's belief, let's see, 29 said they were Christian, 70 said theist, 4 said atheist, 11 agnostic, and 82 said humanist. Quote, A significant bond between the Unitarians and humanists is evident upon further examination of the first humanist manifesto. Nearly 25% of the original signers were Unitarians. The point is also made by a past director of the AHA, American Humanist Association Edwin H. Wilson that the AHA stemmed largely from Unitarianism as a movement of religious humanists. The Unitarians can still be found at the core of the humanist movement. In fact, 170 Unitarian Universalist ministers were signers of the Humanist Manifesto 2 in 1973. Quote, Among notable past and present Unitarian Universalists are found the names of many prominent persons, including Esther Boyles, Albert Camus, Sigmund Freud, Dag Hammer-Restold, Arthur M. Schleslinger, Jr., Bernard Shaw, Aldi Stevenson, Senators Joseph Clark, Norris Cotton, Paul Douglas, Maureen Newberger, Robert Packwood, Leverett Sultansall, and Harrison A. Williams. This is the kind of church that Gerald Kennedy seems to feel at home in since he said, quote, one of my favorite pulpits is in a Unitarian church in Pennsylvania, unquote. In 1950, Billy Graham held a crusade at Boston. Listen to what he says about the Unitarian Church. Quote, At that time, Protestantism in New England was weak, due in part to the theological differences within some denominations, the influence of Unitarian idea in other denominations, and the strength of the Roman Catholic Church. In spite of all that, a number of Roman Catholic and Unitarian clergy together with some of their parishioners came to the meetings along with those from evangelical churches. With my limited evangelical background, this is a further expansion of my own ecumenical outlook. I now began to make friends among people from many different backgrounds and to develop spiritual love for their clergy. Quote. Did you notice that over years ago, Graham had developed a spiritual love for the Unitarian clergy. Returning to Gerald Kennedy, we find that he belonged to several communist front organizations. In spite of this, Kennedy was allowed to tear Graham's 1963 Los Angeles crusade as well as serving on the executive committee. In a book which Graham asked William Martin to write, we find some revealing information. Quote, In fundamentalist eyes, Los Angeles campaign set another less glorious record. When Graham quenched in the choice of Methodist bishop, Gerald Kennedy, as the chairman of the Crusades General Committee, his theology was frankly liberal. He had once ventured he doubted the deity of Christ and admitted he had never believed in the virgin birth. Fundamentalist critics also charged him with a leftist political view of the rankest sort, noting that he belonged to such communist-front organizations as the National Council of Churches and the Methodist Federation of Social Action. Allowing such a man to have a prominent public role in an evangelistic crusade Critics' charge marked the farthest reach yet into the apostasy of crusade leadership. Graham chose not to trouble himself with fundamentalist ear- earpings, but Robert Firm, his chief apologist pointed out that he found it difficult to believe Kennedy would have accepted the post if he did not believe in the basic Christian truths. Despite Kennedy's known record, Billy Graham sent a telegram to the First Methodist Church of Cheverport, Louisiana, congratulating them on selecting Bishop Kennedy to conduct an evangelistic effort. He stated that we know and respect these men, Bishop Kennedy and song leader Bill Mann, very highly. May God give you a time of spiritual renewal. He further added the telegram printed as an advertisement in the Chevrolet Times, March 7, 1965, so all could see his support of Bishop Kennedy. In fact, Graham said on August 21, 1963, Bishop Kennedy is one of the 10 greatest Christian preachers in America minor disagreements in an article for christian century graham said quote after a decade of intimate contact with christians the world over i am now aware that the family of god contains people of various ethnological cultural class and denominational differences i have learned that there can even be minor disagreements of theology methods and motives but that within the true church there is a mystery unity that overrides all divisive factors unquote while it is true there can be minor disagreements of theology between those in the family of god it is also true that one is not in god's family if he denies the fundamentals of the faith of gerald kennedy as gerald kennedy did In 1952, Graham wrote to Dr. Bob Jones Sr. stating, We have never had a man on our crusade committee that denied the virgin birth, the vicarious atonement, or bodily resurrection. Also, Graham had said in 1958 in eternity, If a man blatantly denies the deity of Christ, or that Christ has come in the flesh, We are not to bid him Godspeed, thus the scriptures teach that we are to be separated from those who deny the deity of our Lord Jesus Christ. I am to treat him as an Antichrist and an enemy of the cross. Yet just five years later, Graham had such a man tearing his crusade, and he bragged that he knew and respected Trinity very highly. Would have Graham's endorsement been a lack of discernment or a slip-up in this case? Obviously not, because Graham had been warned about Kennedy's theology and communistic leanings by concerned fundamentalists, but, just as quoted, quote, Graham chose not to trouble himself with fundamentalist carpings. Unquote. You see, in the same issue of Eternity, Graham had reduced the doctrine of verbal inerrancy to the status of mere theory and denied that this particular theory of inspiration was even essential to christian orthodoxy let alone grounds for the breaking of christian fellowship an impossible god besides kennedy is not the only such apostate that graham has endorsed and promoted in fact kennedy wasn't even the first apostate endorsed by graham In his 1959 San Francisco crusade, Graham honored the notorious Bishop James A. Pike by having him lead in prayer. Pike would also have been involved in Graham's 1957 New York crusade as he was the dean of the extremely modernistic Cathedral of St. John the Divine in New York from 1952 to 1958. 1960, Graham had Bishop James A. Pike offer prayer at his Detroit crusade. Who was Bishop Pike? Well, he also denied major doctrines of the faith just as the Incarnation, Virgin Birth, and the Trinity. He spoke of the myth of the Garden of Eden. He said, Virgin Birth is a myth which churchmen should be free to accept or reject. The very same year that Graham had Pike at his crusade, Pike wrote the Christian century. Bible seems to indicate in the Christian century, the Bible seems to indicate that no one is saved except through Christ. To say no one is saved except through the earthly Jesus Christ would be impossible. Unquote. This article also stated, quote, the kind of a God, little G, I first believed in, who would limit salvation to a select group of people who happened to have heard the news and heard it well, is an impossible God. He keeps writing small g. As to this God, I am now an atheist. He continues this incredible line of stating, I have preached more and more in the past decade on the values of atheism and agnosticism. Atheists debunk the small God. I have found that in almost every case, the atheist is opposing a concept of God, which I myself disbelieve disbelief. As to the agnostic, he often has doubts about things I have doubts about. There has to be a large measure of agnosticism in true religion. Unquote. In november nineteen sixty issue of the Pacific Churchman, Pike basically said that those who opposed communism were servants during the bidding of hell. By 1961, he was trying to abolish the congressional in the investigations into communistic activities in the United States. Pike was an alcoholic. Three times Pike was picked up by San Francisco police while he's wandered around in a drunken, confused state late at night. He spent four years in intensive psychoanalysis. He was also in an adulter. He was also an adulterer. Having been twice divorced, thrice married, and had at least three mistresses. Pike and the Occult. A biography about about Pike noted never before in the history of the Episcopal Church had a solemn requiem mass and offered for a bishop in the presence of three surviving wives. One of his mistresses committed suicide. One of his daughters attempted suicide. His eldest son committed suicide in 1966 at the age of 20, associated with homosexuality. It was his son's suicide that led Bishop Pike into the world of the occult. Pike himself died a tragic death from his involvement in spiritism. Since he participated in something forbidden by the Bible, he had to reinterpret the biblical passages to try to fit his sinful involvement. He wrote in his book, The Other Side, quote, Injunctions in the Old Testament against consulting mediums, such as Leviticus 1931, are dismissed as the words of a Jewish religious professional's, priests and the prophets, who had to protect their own rules as though who could reveal and interpret the word of God, so they were quick to denounce with vehemence any competitors like mediums and fortune tellers of the future. In this regard, those scriptural injunctions are of little help to us today, for our worldview is so different." Unquote. After Pike's son had committed suicide, the bishop consulted several mediums in order to try to contact them. While on television in Toronto, Canada, Pike met with the famous medium Arthur Ford, who through his spirit guide gave the bishop a message from his son. Another medium, Ina Twig, who gave Pike a message from his son. The son said, "Don't ever believe that God can be personalized. He is the central force." As for Jesus, young John's spirit allegedly declared, we "Talk about him—a mystic, a seer, as yes, a seer. Oh, but Dad, don't talk about him as a savior." Quote. Pike was a promoter of, situ- of situation ethics. He had taught at a new age, at the New Age Human Potential Center, Esalen. He also had sponsored sponsor the ungodly Temple of Understanding which is covered elsewhere. Of course the Temple of Understanding is housed in St. John the Divine Cathedral and Pike just happened to have been dean of St. John the Divine before becoming Bishop. Even Newsweek stated Bishop James Pike who died in 1969 rejected and Orthodox Christianity. He dismissed the Trinity as a committee God, but was never brought to trial by the Episcopal Church. In spite of his rejection of Christianity, Pike is also asked to address the National Council of Churches, vision of Christian education, which was held in Dallas, Texas. He spoke on the new theology, new morality in Christian education. Not only did Graham invite him to pray at his crusade, he called Pike a great spiritual leader. Pike reciprocated, inviting Graham to pray at his Grace Cathedral in 1960. Quote, Graham was no stranger to Grace Cathedral, for he was one of the honored guests on May 15, 1958, with a seat on the front row where Dean Pike was consecrated as a bishop. Moreover, Dr. Graham praised him highly from the platform of the Cow Palace the same night. He had him on the platform to read a prayer on May 24th before a nationwide TV audience. A year before Graham had praised him, Pike was on one of the panelists of the Playboy panel, published in the June 1957 issue of Playboy. Skinny Dipping and Playboy Shouldn't Playboy bother a Christian minister as Graham is supposed to be? I would think so. Graham's biographer writes, quote, One thing, Graham is a regular guy who can skinny dip with Lyndon Johnson or flip through Playboy at a barter shop without embarrassment, unquote. Martin also reveals, quote, In 1983, shortly after actress, Dean Collins appeared in a widely publicized nude spread in Playboy. Graham and Collins were booked onto the Merv Griffin show on the same day. His staff was worried. Larry Ross pointed out that everything she stood for was a complete about face from what Mr. Graham stands for. For example, she talked about how to raise a 13-year-old daughter with a live-in boyfriend. Several times the audience booed some of her statements just because of the values they represented. I didn't know what to do. I thought this is good television. It's going to be a real shifting of gears. I thought Mr. Graham may know, not know everything she stands for, so I told him. He said, Yes, I know. Well, when he went on, the first thing Merv said was, "Billy, were you aware that all oh, her name's Joan, not Jean? Joan Collins was has appeared in Playboy." Mr. Graham said, "Yes, I've seen it. Someone showed it to me in the barber shop, right on national television." Said that. Unquote. Remember, this was a book very favorable Graham, and one which he had asked Martin to write. This is not coming from a source trying to discredit Graham. Graham himself, while speaking about his friendship with Dulles and Hubert Humphrey, said, I make every effort not to let it appear that I favor one party over another. I count Secretary Dulles a friend, but Senator Humphrey is also a good friend of mine. who He met when when we were both swimming nude at the YMCA pool in Minneapolis while he was running mayor unquote when graham was asked if he saw x-rated movies he hedged a bit and then said that he has been to rated r movies although he did not answer in the affirmative if he did not deny seeing x-rated ones leslie weatherhead in 1966 graham reminced Reminence, reminisced about an earlier London crusade where Leslie Weatherhead was on his platform. Graham says, I remember during our London crusade in 1954, I preached a sermon. Dr. Leslie Weatherhead sat on the platform that evening and, to my surprise, commended my sermon. In Graham's autobiography, Just As I Am, we find, quote, The world-famous Methodist minister, Dr. Leslie Dixon Weatherhead, wrote a generous newspaper article giving his impressions after attending the first week of the crusade in London in 1954. In that article, he pledged his own prayers for us and urged critics to go to the services and listen without prejudice, unquote. Why would someone like Weatherhead be on Graham's platform and commend his sermons? This is a very good question. You see, Weatherhead was a notorious blasphemer who wrote in his book, Christian Agnostic, that the Lord Jesus Christ was born an illegitimate child and that Mary was no virgin but a temple prostitute. For the end of his life, he wrote a final book expressing the view that Jesus was perhaps a spirit reincarnated many times. Weatherhead is a sermon, a sermon entitled, Is Christianity the Only Way to God? said, In My mind, Christianity is certainly not the only way to God. Wow. London School of Economics. Graham added that during his, this first visit to Britain, He was also invited to address the various schools and colleges of the University of London, including the London School of Economics. When he was introduced, the professor said, This is the first time a minister has been on this platform. This school was founded on secularism. This school certainly was a secular school. One researcher explains about the London School of Economics, Quote, Fabian socialists established the London School of Economics in 1895 as part of their plan to further socialism. Beatrice Webb was a founder of the Fabians and in Beatrice Webb A Life 1858 to 1943 she is quoted as saying quote, we can now feel assured that with the London School of Economics as a teaching body, the Fabian society as a pro- Organization, the London City Council progressives as an object lesson in our electoral success, our books as the only elaborate and original work in economic fact and theory. No young man or woman who is anxious to study or to work in public affairs can fail to come under our influence. Unquote. Another book states, quote, Fabian Socialists had founded the London School of Economics in 1895 to train socialists for the government bureaucracy and elsewhere to gradually put into place their plan to manage society via rules and regulations. It was described as a slowly executed plot by Fabian Socialist H.G. Wells in New Worlds for Old 1908, quote. Fabians believed that socialism could be achieved through mass education and a series of reforms achieved through capture of parliament. In fact, the question of tactics was about the only difference between Fabian socialists and communists. Where communists desired to establish socialist governments through revolution, the Fabians were content to slowly move towards socialism propaganda and legislation fabian socialists had adopted the military tactics of the roman general quentin fabius who taught that one should not engage the whole one should not engage the whole enemy at one time in one place but rather should lure him out piece by piece until he is utterly destroyed the london school of economics Earlier, funding came from the very wealthy, from the Rockefeller Foundation, from the Carnegie United Kingdom Trust Fund, and from Mrs. Ernest Elmhurst, widow of J.P. Morgan, partner Willard Strait, amongst others. Quote, some of the illustrious students who attended the school were Joseph Kennedy Jr., son. His father, Joseph Kennedy Sr., wanted to become the first Catholic president of the United States. John Kennedy, who later became president, David Rockefeller, Robert Kennedy Jr., son of Robert Kennedy, Senator Daniel Moyahan, Domo, or Yomo, Pinyat, who was later to form the African terrorist group known as the Muamuas, who would butcher thousands of their fellow Africans and Eric Sivareid, CBS broadcaster, Abolish the U.S., while well, the Fabians are dominated by an intellectual elite and the group is dominated by a financial elite, they both believe in a socialist relationship between government and the masses of the people, who should be led and cared for by an elitist-controlled government. While the Fabians and the group have differences of opinion which are significant. The group will come to greatly influence the London School of Economics. Unquote. A group refers to the round table group which came into being through Lord Alfred Bildner, Cecil John Rhodes, Lord Waldorf Astor, Lord Nathan Rothschild, Lionel Curtis, Arnold Toynbee and others. Other names for the group are Milner's Kindergarten, Rhodes Crowd, The Times Crowd, The Secret Society of Cecil Rhodes, Dream of Cecil Rhodes, All Souls Group, The Chattenhouse House Crowd, and The Clivendine Set. The roundtable was dedicated to establishing the world government, whereby a clique of super-rich financiers could control the world under the guise of socialism. It wielded great influence because it controlled the immense roads trust and the chief avenues by which the general public obtains information of public affairs, among other things. The group adopted a deliberate policy of secrecy by organizing as a series of overlapping circles or ring within rings hidden behind formerly organized groups of no obvious political significance. The roundtable later was extended into the Royal Institute of International Affairs, RIIA in England under Lionel Curtis and the Council of Foreign Relations, CFR in the United States. Semi-secret front groups which still exercise unopposed control for the new world order over foreign and monetary policy in both the United States and and Great Britain, and appear to be autonomous organizations. The Roundtable Group's published quarterly was originally called the Empire Review, later called the Roundtable. The CFR, originally financed by the Rockefeller Foundation, is composed of the most elite names in the government, military, labor, business, finance, and media. The Foundations and the Academies is the most influential semi-public organization in the United States in the field of foreign policy. Internationalists in Viewpoint CFR members believe national boundaries should be liberated and one-world rule established. Their goal is to simply... Abolish the United States with its constitutional guarantees of liberty, and they don't even try to hide it. See Study Number Seven published by the CFR, eleven twenty-five fifty-nine. Quote: the CFR's first task was to infiltrate and develop effective control of the United States Department, which it did years ago. The CFR designed the United Nations first major successful step on the road to a world superstate the cfr the cfr headquarters building on the southwest corner of park avenue and 68th street sits across the way from the soviet embassy to un in new york new york city new york city it publishes foreign affairs with editorial offices at 58 east 68th street new york new york 10021 Quote. Isn't it fascinating to know Billy Graham was the first minister to, peak, to speak at the London School of Economics, especially after knowing about the background and funding of such an institution. Remember that the school was funded in 1895 and no minister spoke there until nineteen four. Also remember that the Rockefellers have funded this school, Council on Foreign Relations, the Institute of Pacific Relations, the Population Council, the Population Reference Bureau, Columbia University Center for Policy Research, the Environmental Law Instu- Institute, Population Crisis Committee, the Population Institute, numerous communistic font- fronts, and causes such as the Highlander Research and Education Center, Union Theological Seminary, United Nations, African National Congress, New School for School Research, etc. The Building America textbook series which built up Marxism and sought to destroy traditional concepts of American government. Sex pervert, sadomasochist, homosexual, Alfred Kinsey, who called the father of the sexual rev- who is called father of the sexual revolution, as well as the federal, national, and world councils of churches, and of course Billy Graham. Graham also preached at the Episcopal Washington Cathedral. This church has had everything from rock and roll in the aisles to serving bananas and Coca-Cola. Communion. Malcolm Muggeridge. Let's look at some other speakers for Graham that Graham has promoted. At Graham's 1974 International Congress on World Evangelism or Evangelization, Malcolm Muggeridge was featured and received a standing ovation. Muggeridge also denies the fundamentals of the faith. For instance, in his book 1969, Jesus rediscovered he wrote imagine this deity that is God having a son in any particular sense and this son to have been born of a virgin and to have lived on the earth for 30 years or so as a man then to have died and to have risen from the dead is as far as I'm concerned beyond credibility. 1988 in his article in the conservative digest he said he sees the virgin birth as an artistic truth Rather than a historical truth. And addressing Jesus, he asked, Did you live and die and rise from the dead, as they say? Who knows? Or for that matter, who cares? Unquote. Wow. Muggeridge then adds, quote, I even prefer to suppose that some body snatcher accustomed to hanging about Gogolfa finds out where the corpse of Jesus has been laid, drags the stone away, and then, making sure no one is watching, decamps with the body. Wow. Man contemptuously abandons the body to the vultures, who, in their turn, leave the bone to whiten in the sun, those precious, precious bones, unquote. I don't know if I could keep going without getting extremely angry. All right. Bible tells us that Christ's body did not see corruption or decay because he rose again. Acts chapter 2 verse 31 states, He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. And it was prophesied in Psalms chapter 16 verse 10, 49 verse 9. Acts chapter 2 27, Acts 13:35. Muggeridge said he was found a resting place in the Catholic Church, which he joined in 1981, and says Mother Teresa was a major influence in his decision. So before and after Billy Graham had Muggeridge featured at the International Congress on World Evangelists, oh, <laughs> Congress on the World evangelization muggeridge openly and blatantly denied the fundamentals of the faith martin luther king jr let's move on to another person by the name of martin luther king jr as many people already know king was a flagrant womanizer and a participant in sex orgies Quote, Reverend Ralph David Abernathy, who is King's closest aide and confidant, devotes one chapter of his 610-page book on King's extramarital affairs and reveals that King spent hours of the night before his assassination with two women and then fought physically with a third the following morning, knocking her across the bed, according to Abernathy's memoirs. quote. Abernathy himself was an adulterer. King was also a plagiarizer. He had plagiarized someone else's work to obtain his Ph.D. Quote, according to writer Michael Hoffman, a King sympathizer, Reverend Doctor's first sermon given in 1947 was plagiarized from a homely written by the Protestant minister, Harry Emerson Bosdick. Further, King's first published book, Stride Toward Freedom, plagiarized from many unattributed resources. Further, only 49% of the sentences in King's doctoral dissertation contained five or more words that were King's own. This admission is from the papers of Martin Luther King, a publication of the official organization which owns King's estate and writings. Just recently, a committee of the researchers at Boston University stated, there is no question that Dr. King plagiarized in the dissertation, but the committee concluded that it would serve no purpose to revoke King's doctoral degree. Unquote. Oh my. Additionally, King was a Marxist sympathizer. A pamphlet from the Socialist Party brags, quote, when Martin Luther King made his famous I Have a Dream speech, He shared the platform with two prominent socialists, black labor leader, A. Philip Randolph, and presidential candidate, Norman Thomas. Michael Harrington, who was referred to as the best-known socialist, quote, advised both Martin Luther King Jr. and Jesse Jackson as the co-chair of Democratic Socialists of America. He sought to move the Democratic Party toward its truest populist and egalitarian tradition. Barrington described his political position as the left wing of the possible. Mm-mm. Quote. Folk singer Pete Seeger was never denied being a hardcore Stalinist communist. He and Martin Luther King Jr. often based their speeches on the same communist flimflam and even appeared together at meetings sponsored by the Communistic Party USA. It's no wonder then that King hired many communists such as Jack O'Dell, a top communist party member, Bayard Rustin, who was organizer and fundraiser for the Young Communist League. Both men and had prestigious positions with King's organizations. Another close friend of King's was Dr. James Cone, who is called the father of black theology. Cone said that King admitted he was a Marxist. Title Molester hired. King himself, quote, had connections with over 60 communists, front organizations. Nine of his closest aides were high-ranking communist activists. One of those leaders became an aide to Reverend Jesse Jackson. Stanley Levinson, who had been a King advisor since 1956, had been involved to the Communist Party up to 1955, and brought other communists onto King's staff. Jesse Jackson, a fifty nine year old Baptist minister, made a lot of headlines recently when it was revealed that he had fathered a child out of wedlock to a thirty nine year old woman who was a top staffer of his Rainbow Push coalition. His affair offered at the time he was counseling Bill Clinton about his affair with Monica Lewinsky. The press has often noted that Reverend Jesse Jackson has been similarly unfaithful to his wife. Latest expose is just the last in the long line of affairs. Recently, Jackson hired a child molester as a consultant. This person was then pardoned by Bill Clinton before he left office. The Rainbow Coalition. Jackson, of course, is following the communistic footsteps of King. He was one of the staff members of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. His Bush, People United to Save Humanity, is an outgrowth of King's earlier Operation Breadbasket, as in the Rainbow Coalition. The Rainbow is also the logical extension of the Poor People's Campaign. campaign. When some radical students at Stanford University protested a course in Western civilization. Jackson led a march to fight the course while chanting, Hey, hey, ho, ho, Western culture's gotta go. The the no, oh my goodness, February 1995 AFA Journal noted that his political organization, the National Rainbow Coalition, has named '60s radical Angela Davis as its new executive director. Davis served on the Communist Party USA's Central Committee and ran for VP of the U.S. on the Communist Party ticket in 1984. Jack O'Dell also known as Hunter Pitts O'Dell and J.H. O'Dell was also a leader in Jack's not Jack's but Jackson's Rainbow Coalition and one of his key aides Jackson was the keynote speaker at a 1985 commemoration of the 10th anniversary of the liberation of Vietnam, sponsored by the Communist Party USA, according to the Daily World, May 7, 1985 edition. When Jackson went to another country, he held up his clenched fist and said, Long live Fidel Castro. Obviously, the communists were quite pleased that Jackson was running for president in 1988. The Communist Party, USA, has not only admitted that they have been actively involved in working with these committees, Labor Political Action Committees, PAC, and Coalitions, Rainbow Coalition Unites, but that they have had great influence in them. The Communists then state, Without these forms of PACs and rainbow units, we can't effectively influence the congressional and senatorial races. The Communist Party was also working under the Democratic Party, Mackinac, no machine backing Jesse Jackson presidential campaign in 1988. Oh. All People's Front and the communist electoral efforts got a major boost from and contributed to Jesse Jackson's campaign for the presidency. The lead editorial in November 4, 1983, Daily World, communist newspaper, said Jackson's candidacy represents a crucial component of the emerging independent political front. The co-founder of the Democratic Socialists of America, DSA, a leftist political organization that roughly mirrors the labor and social democratic parties in Europe, points with great delight to the success of Jesse Jackson. Jackson's Rainbow Coalition's Vermont chapter helped Bernie Sanders, a socialist, run for governor in 1986. Quote, Jackson continues to contribute to the communist cause. In February 1989, he visited Moscow and proclaimed, Coexistence is the only path to progress. Two key words in his statement, Coexistence and Progress, have special significance for communists. Jackson's statement ran as the banner headline on the front page of the Communist People's Daily World for February. One of his formal economic advisors was socialist Derek Shearer, a Rhodes Scholar who also advised Bill Clinton, another Rhodes Scholar, Tom Hayden, and Jane Fonda, who wants to redistribute the wealth and eliminate private property. Shearer is a key mover and shaker within the Marxist think tank of the Institute for Policy Studies, IPS, an institute that even the FBI has accused of being funded by, K. Be, be. I'm going to end that there because there's so much in here. And I, you know, sometimes I just can't hide my, my shock and my distaste and my anger, and I need to learn to uh, be able to control that a little bit better. I do apologize for that. Um, I love you all so very, very much. Keep your eyes on Jesus, brothers and sister, always, always, always. And your nose in the book, which is the Word of God. And embed the word of God upon the tablets of your heart. So you will not sin against God. And also, so you will not be deceived. Stay in prayer. Stay in the word. I love you all so very much. Bye-bye.